0: Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio
1: Network, its staff, and management.
0: Welcome to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. Our show is all about the exciting world of real estate, and in particular, how it relates to the lucrative New York market. But if you're not planning a real estate transaction in New York, we still have plenty of information that you can use no matter where you are. Now, here's your host. Vince Rocco. Hey, good morning,
2: everybody, and welcome back to the program. This is Good Morning New York, and I am your host, Vince Rocco. I'd like to welcome my listeners in the United States and around the world. We are live from New York City. We have a very special hour today. My two guests are experts in their field of personal branding, social media, And networking, but we're going to change that word to connecting for this Mm -hmm. this program, and we'll tell you why in a little bit. Do first impressions still count? Joanne Tambraca says, the way you look online is as important as the way you look in person. So what has changed about marketing, and how does it apply to your personal brand? We are going to talk about that. We will also talk about the rules of social media engagement and how to effectively network Online and offline. That and more in a few minutes. As the host of 747 Supper Club, Chris Shembra has uh, curated an experience that fosters intellectual intimacy. I love this, sparks innovative ideas, and awakens inner consciousness with authenticity. Empathy, vulnerability, and safety. Oh, I, I like say, the way you say that. I say wow of that <laughs> one. Here's how it happens. At 6.30 at night, cocktails begin at 7.47 p.m. Exactly 7.47 p.m. Something interesting occurs, and at 8 o'clock, dinner is served. We're going to ask Chris to explain that in a few minutes. People have reported on his website that this is the best dinner party that they have been to in years. Up until April of this year, these supper club dinners have been in Chris's apartment, but now they moved outside, and you're going to tell us why that's happened. All right, so Chris, as mentioned, is the founder and curator of the 747 club. He is also producing partner at O'Henry Productions, whose productions have earned a total of 10 Tony Awards, five Emmy Awards and a Grammy. My goodness! <laughs> if you look at this guy, he's very young. How do you do all this? He holds an appointment uh, on the phil- uh, philanthropic board of trustees of the Easter Seals Foundation. He is marketing manager for Just a Common Soldier, a campaign dedicated to veterans, and is an active member of the New York Executive Board of Save a Child's Heart. Wow! A nonprofit based in Tel Aviv, Israel. Uh, Joanne is a storyteller, business development, and digital marketing consultant. She's an NYU adjunct professor, and her past includes being director of sales at NY New York One and national sales manager at Time Warner Cable. She began her career selling advertising for local radio stations in Philadelphia, D.C., and the greater New York area. It is a pleasure to meet and meet, to see and meet all of you this morning, and thank you for being here.
3: It's a pleasure to be sitting next to Joanne, Vince, but we're happy to be on the
2: show (laughs) today. i
1: sure. <laughs> <laughs> It's I know, plan. I feel no, the same way about her, I've known
2: her. <laughs> she reminded me today, we know each other over 20 years. Over
1: 20 years, I, I know. I, right? I get really and nervous. And we're not sure Chris is, is that old yet, but, mm, uh, uh, but he's done so much in secret. his life, he's got to have a few more years uh, than 20 Well,
2: right? I, I agree, but <laughs> when any, anything over 20 years makes me kind of cuckoo, and I think, <laughs> oh my God, because I don't even want to know these numbers. But
1: The good news when you know someone that long is that you look at them and you see them from 20 years ago, <laughs> so they never really age in your mind.
2: Well, thank you. This is exactly how I feel about that stuff. <laughs> Ageless. <laughs> anyway, as both of um, as both of you know, a career in real estate is about personal branding, or it should be. Uh, we are all independent contractors as real estate agents working for a brokerage. It is really up to us as individuals, though, to create a brand that sells and that entices and that gets us customers. Because at the end of the day, without customers, we don't have a market, and we don't have money and we don't have any deals. so uh, It isn't always about the company's brand. It's really more about ours. Once that is done, a dedicated strategy of networking or connecting is key to anyone's success. Chris, let me start with you. Um, I mentioned in the beginning that up until April of this year, all of your dinner clubs are in your apartment. In fact, I heard... Uh, from a friend of yours, Niall, who is a panelist here on the program, but you recently moved the dinners outside your home first. How did you come up with this name? What's in a name, 747 mm-hmm. Club, and why did you begin this? It, it sounds like a very good idea to me and a great concept, but explain to the listening audience uh, around the world what this really means or why you put this together.
3: Yeah, Vince, the, uh, the 747 Club... It was never supposed to be anything. I invented a pasta sauce last July.
2: Love it. And He gave me a bottle, by the way. uh I I
3: hope you enjoy it. And and that sauce, I figured I should probably feed some people to see if it's good or not. So I put 15 strangers around a table. I gave them my sauce. They liked it. So I did it the next week and the next week and the next week. And we haven't stopped since. And I, I realized that I fell in love with the feeling of being able to connect people to each other. Without the fear of what they were gonna to do together that was greater than I, that didn't include me. And slowly over time we, we uh, I realized that it, it was uh, pretty hard to do everything myself. So in the course of the dinner, at 7:47 p.m., which is 13 minutes before dinner is served, that's how long it takes to cook pasta. <laughs> I decided to delegate eleven. <laughs> I did. I exactly al dente to the tooth, and I decided to delegate eleven specific tasks to the attendees, to have them be part of the process. and And in doing so, I realized that I was I was building the energy of the night. I was giving people something to do,
2: giving them people to partner up with and they love the team building aspect. So 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 we come to this dinner party and you give them everybody something to do in what in prep for, of the food of the table. You know,
3: of the, uh, the fun exercises. Throughout the night, you know, everybody's asking if they can be involved and so I don't say no to people offering to help. But at 747 specifically, it's one group effort i mean when they walk in at 6:30 p.m. there's no table set up so some people are saying what i thought we were coming to a dinner party this is a this is a cocktail hour and then all of a sudden at 7:47 p.m. the tables the forks the knives the everything come out and my friend andrew
2: brennan uh, came up with the name 747 and it's stuck. It, it's, a, it's a great name, and it, it jumped off the page when I first saw it, and then when I read you know, the intro before, and it says, at 7.47, something Interest, special uh-huh. or interesting happens. Uh-huh. And so I so, get it. So, what, so going through these now for, for, what, a year, these dinner parties? Yeah, are we, like- we started July 15th of, of last year.
3: And, I mean, just as of this week, we've had 48 dinners, fed over 700 people. And we're not stopping anytime soon. So, so I made a promise to myself and to my community, my friends, that I wouldn't, I wouldn't stop the dinners inside my home in the Upper West Side of Manhattan until I'd done a year, 52 dinners in
2: my home for free to feed 800 people. Now how do you how do you go about choosing who comes to your dinner because I from what I remember uh-huh. you don't have the same people all the time or Correct. people who don't really even know each other yeah. it's more of a connecting kind of uh social extravaganza so how do you go about finding the people to come to sit at your dinner Well
3: parties? well as I as I joked before the radio program began you know I don't do really much anything well in life except know people uh it's I'm just blessed to know a lot of people but the rule is the first time you come you come alone the second time you come you bring a friend and then after that you're eligible to nominate people so I've just been blessed to be able to personally invite a lot of friends and then when they come for their second time they bring a new friend and then after that they're eligible to nominate someone and uh and, and so the community just just grows and grows and grows naturally and and uh, it's
2: you know it's invite-only, so we select who we want to have dinner with. You said in your May 10th blog about the May 6th dinner that you all sit around eating really good food. Now I'm, I'm hearing it's pasta and it's your, your special sauce. sauce, which you're going to tell sauce. me about in a minute. <laughs> and laughing and talking, eventually getting an opportunity to do, introduce yourself to everybody else at the table. Mm-hmm. So it, it's more of a meet and greet, sit down, have some good food, have some good laughs, and then, hey, I'm Vince Rocco, and I host a radio show, or, hey, I'm Joanne Tombrakis, mm-hmm. and I'm a an you know, adjunct professor, and blah, blah. So what we normally do is we, we actually, what you just
3: said is actually anti what, what, we don't say what we do, we don't say any of that kind of jazz. Someone will come up with a, a little topic that sounds interesting. Um, you know, the whole night is is really, it's more than just a dinner party. It's more than just going and talking to your neighbor. It's about accessing things within yourself, vulnerability, authenticity, awakening consciousness. And so the whole mood of the evening is to bring people into that that safe space. Gotcha. And so when we get towards the end of the dinner we usually open up into a group discussion where we're talking to the table instead of to our neighbors. You know, Thomas Jefferson once did a great thing when he was alive. He had something called the Jeffersonian dinners. He would bring 12 interesting people together and the rule was you couldn't talk to your neighbor. You had to talk to the table. So we actually don't, we actually don't do that purposefully. It just kind of happens that all of a sudden the energy of the room makes one person randomly say, hey, I haven't even met everybody. Can we just have everybody's name? And then we'll say something interesting about ourselves or maybe give voice to a relationship we've never given voice to. And in doing so, you connect. You find similarities in other people around the table that you didn't know existed. You know, someone's sitting there giving voice to a relationship like their first grade teacher or their dog, or something of that sense, you get to relate to that person in ways... You never thought possible.
2: That's I, where we go. I like that word. Connect, Joanne. On the heels of that, you said on your you say on your website rather that first impressions still count. Only today, they happen more online, obviously, than they do offline. And as we were joking just before uh, we went on the show here, you know these uh, tablets and these iPhones and and all of these devices that you know we did not have when we were younger, but but people do today. So you were forced more online than anything else. In your practice, do you feel that most people subscribe to this or don't? Really care? I mean, you know, about their first impressions online because sometimes you see stuff online and you just think, oh, my God, how did that person, what were they thinking about?
1: They probably weren't thinking. Um, I think that most people know that they need to put some thought behind their online uh, presence wherever they decide to call their homepage, but most people don't spend a lot of time on it. Most people put it to the side or they – and it kind of – it's interesting because as I was listening to Chris, they – are very reticent to tell their story authentically. Mm. And that's the hardest part that I always find when I work with people. It's how do I tell my story authentically and now take this online so that people want to engage with Mm. me and want to connect? Mm. Because the whole point of digital is not to keep ourselves online, but it's to use it to enhance our Mm -hmm. offline lives. So how do I use that now if I go to one of Chris's dinner parties I want to stay in touch with people, it's a whole lot easier for me to stay in touch now than it might have been even 10 years ago because we can now become Facebook friends and I can find out more things about you and more points of connection that I didn't get to have when I was sitting
2: And that's what I was going to say because, you know, based on what Chris was talking about, connecting with people, whether it's at a dinner party or just, you know, in, in life in general, you know, the first inclination always for us is, okay, let's be Facebook friends or let's like somebody on Instagram or let's Snapchat this one because that's where we tend to go Today versus you know just three, four, five, ten years ago. So, you know, with with all that said, Chris, do you do you find social media uh, from a connecting perspective uh, helpful or not so helpful? Or I, I get a sense that you you think that the the personal connection is is a lot stronger.
3: I think social media, like Joanne said, is the greatest tool to pop up in the industry or the world of connecting ever. But We must not abuse the power that it has, and we must not let it, you know, uh, replace authentic human connection. You know, I I, see—I was blessed for four years to produce a uh, great—the five-time Emmy Award-winning one-man show about Fiorello LaGuardia, the former mayor of New York City. It was starring my my great mentor, the greatest actor in history— Tony Lobianco. And what we did was we related what Fiorello LaGuardia was going through then with what's happening in our country today. And in doing so, you can identify that history has a way of repeating itself. Well, now as we look at technology, we, I look that people are now starting to crave authentic offline human experiences. If you look at the way they, the world reacted when the first bag cell phone came out, it was popular. Everybody wanted one. It was big, bulky, ugly. And now we've started to identify the negative trend of technology, of being plugged in. And now people want to pay the premiums to be plugged out. That's why you have festivals and camps and, heck, the pop-up dinner party industry is up 82% since last year. That's music to my ears.
2: All right, let's hold the thought right there. We have to go to break. You're listening to Good Morning New York and the Voice America Variety Channel. Don't go away.
0: Visit Blue Realty Group.com. That's BLU Realty Group.com. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to vrocco at bluerealtygroup.com. That's vrocco at Realtygroup.com. Now, back to the show. All right, everybody. We are back with Joanne Tambrakas and Chris
2: Shembra. Um, Joanne, you know, let me ask you this. So, I found it, you know, looking through your your um, website and and doing some research that you say ninety three percent of recruiters will review a candidate's social media profile before deciding to make a hire. Is this really accurate? Ninety three percent?
1: And that's not my that's not my data. That's data according to JobVite, who does this. They do a recruiting uh, recruiting that's a, that's nation survey every year. It is really high. But if you think about it, it's they're using it to vet people. Bef- they're, they're using it to find people that they may want to recruit or looking for jobs, and it's all there. You know, that's mm-hmm. the stuff. They don't. They don't have to go to a dozen different networking events or make a hundred different calls. They can actually start doing this online and get it. If you're doing it right, again, you want that picture to, to be the same. You know, in marketing, we call it omni-channel marketing, so that the mm-hmm. experience is seamless no matter where you are.
2: So basically, a resume is is pretty much like a you know a door opener. They'll look at the resume, they'll see the name, but they're really going to get more information on you from a social perspective, looking at your your social media. And you're,
1: you're lucky if somebody ever reads your resume. Mm,
2: okay, that's you know
1: you still need a resume. They're still out there. HR people want them. If you get a job, someone's going to say, hey. I need this, I need this to process your paperwork. But that's not what's going to pop up. And resumes tend to be boring. Now, your digital presence has the ability, if you're doing it right and putting some thought, to have something that's going to resemble what's going to show up when you go to one of Chris's dinner parties. (laughs) If you're doing it right and you're thinking about it, and if, again, to what you were saying earlier, are being authentically you, not what you think somebody wants you to be.
2: No, I, I agree, you know, because I do hire people all the time, and resumes come across my desk for sales agents, you know, real estate agents all the time. and I look at it, and then I sometimes think to go on social media to look them up. I can't always find these people, like if you go to Facebook or Instagram, you can't always find them. so i'm I'm wondering sometimes how or what the method of finding somebody on on a social media page. How, how does that happen? I mean, if mm-hmm. I type you in, for example, your, your your resume in front of me, and I say, "Let's see what Joanna's up to," I may sometimes bring up a profile, sometimes not. Sometimes it's locked because you know you've
1: you've got to have permission mm-hmm. to look at somebody. Uh, so how do I how do I get this information? Well, you can do it through Google searches. I mean, if you Google my name and Facebook, you're going to come up with, with what it is. There are increasingly sophisticated tools, though, that recruiters have access to so that you can actually see someone's entire social media profile, and you can pull up where they are across the board and mm-hmm. get some handle of, of what they look like and what they what they see. And keep in mind, search is not just within Google. It is within LinkedIn. Correct. In, 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 in the business world, if there's one network you need to be on, you need to be on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm and you have it depending how big that presence is going to depend on who you want to be you know a person like yourself or like chris or like me has to have a bigger presence there because we we do these things we're considered experts in our field and we're influencing in some respect if you're just looking for your next job you may not have as big a presence but you still need a presence you still need a photo that looks like you and some something that is going to match how you show up when you're in person. And that's where people make a big mistake. They have this one version over here and then the person who shows up in person is something mm-hmm. else. And then you're you're kind of like, "Okay, who's the real person here?" brings raises questions.
2: You know, as a real estate professional uh, and I've been in this business for almost 15 years now, it's very important to connect with people and it's very important to have a personal brand. And the point of this show today is to explain not only to real estate people out there but to everybody out there in life uh, how important it is to connect and how important it is to have a personal brand so let me ask both of you because at the end of the day some people find it easy to do some people don't some people really struggle with that hire people to help them Chris for example you know when people come to your dinner parties obviously they're looking to connect they're looking to meet other people what do you think they really are wanting to get out of each of these um, dinner parties or, or, or sessions with a group of uh, new friends or new people
3: like I can't speak to the uh, assumption of why they come or what they want out of it, but what they get is just a return back to humanity. You know, people want to come to just get back to the basics. You know, there's a song in the 80s. Uh, it's called a Analog Guy in a Digital World. My buddy Ryan Sweeney and I are, are you know, obsessed with that song. And, and people come for that analog experience. Because that's what, you know, a, a world spent looking at your phone, you know, it drives you nuts. So people want to come back to it. But but going on um, going on the real estate question about personal brand, see I'm lucky. I come from a family of real estate. Uh, our our family's been in real estate since nineteen seventy six. My father has over a billion dollars in personal sales. Wow. And what I what I, I learned from him growing up and and I, I wish the listeners could see my, my piece of paper here of symbols, <laughs> but this symbol right here of an X-axis, a Y-axis, and a diagonal, yeah. that's, my family's, that's my family's identity right there. Our vertical is real estate, our horizontal is philanthropy, and our diagonal is motivational publishing. And so my dad succeeded in real estate so well because he developed his personal brand where he's not just a real estate agent. He's not just a philanthropist. He created one year in 1978 when he met my mother and he was just doing real estate. He he identified that there's more to life than just real estate. And so he did real estate from 8.30 a.m. to 10.30 a.m. And for the rest of the day, he went home and he started writing down every cool thing he had ever learned in life. Out of that popped a product. It was a day planner. It was a life learning tool where we write material and help people achieve excellence and gain the competitive edge. And he became a leader in that field, and that product took him all over the world. He's a highly sought-after speaker. And all of that was essentially marketing for real estate. The world saw him as a leader in that field,
2: and they knew they could trust him in real estate. So connecting with people around the world or around Mm -hmm. the nation, wherever he was motivational speaking, Mm -hmm. uh, eventually sent him some business back to the real estate side. Oh, gosh. All right, Joanne, so, so help us understand how, obviously personal branding is important, but how can someone take themselves and brand it to a point where they can then implement this brand and become successful because as i said earlier you know everybody tries lots of people try but they really don't know Mm -hmm. how to do it obviously and we're going to talk more to chris but you seem to have it going on Uh, (laughs) and we'll get a little more but but joanne how do you how do you really get this going for yourself
1: well, it, it's not. First of all, a it's not as complicated as people want to make it make it mm. to be. Okay, I was just I just finished reading a book um, by a woman who I use her stuff in my course at NYU. Holly Hog said you should read her book. It's called Fascination. You would love it, Chris. And she actually says in there that marketers, as a rule, make things more complicated so they can charge more money on it. Uh-huh. But, um, and I agree with her 100%. And that's what we do with branding ourselves. We think it's much more complicated. And because we've got all these digital tools that we never had before, we think it's more complicated. So it's really pretty simple. You know, you need to have a goal. You need to know what it is that you want down the road from your personal brand. And then how are you going to do that online and offline? Now, they're not. I talk a lot about online because that seems to be where people are most confused. Absolutely. But I'm a human being. I, you know, I love the idea of what Chris is doing. <laughs> I, I seek out networking events that are more intimate now because I don't want to go into a room of a thousand people and just run around. And that's mm-hmm. why I'm a, I can go online and do that.
2: Well, I wanted to ask you guys about that because networking events excuse the word (laughs) of the past used to be these very large groups of whatever and i also am seeking the same smaller more intimate more boutique style Mm -hmm. of of meeting people and greeting people connecting with people so where do you find these events where do you where or how do you seek out these types of events because i think you know things in smaller doses sometimes make a lot more Mm -hmm. sense uh than these these big you know uh big, big, big uh, networking or connecting events which get a little out of control. So mm-hmm. where do you find, you know, these more boutique kind of places to go and connect with people and brand yourself mm-hmm. and to get business, et cetera? Where, where are these events? Anywhere in particular?
1: Well, I think one of the, that's one of the places you can use online to go search these things mm-hmm. out. So there's a, a friend of mine, I'll put a plug in for her, who has a, a, a women's networking group in the city called Running With Heels. And I don't know if you're familiar with Jenny Powers, And I literally found her online. Now she's my friend because, of course, that's how life works, right? But the first time I went to one of her dinners, it was a small room. Mm -hmm. She has maybe five tables. It's a small, intimate dinner. She gets nice speakers, powerful speakers. And the way she sets it up, everyone has to – she literally has people Mm -hmm. move from course to course. Mm -hmm. So you know what table you're going to sit at. Interesting after the first time i was like this is what the world needs you know we need more of this because again i agree with you i think the more digitally connected we get and again i'm a proponent of it i love that we can do this now and know that someone in australia may be hearing us and they may call me up tomorrow and say hey i want to hire you i love that i love i love that part of it <laughs> but at the end of the day we're still human beings seeking other human beings mm-hmm. and that's not going no no algorithm in the world in my humble little opinion is going to change that we're hardwired to be in the company of other human beings, and we're a little starved for it now because everyone's running around, walking down the street, looking at their phones instead of looking up. It's you're, we're missing moments. We're missing moments.
2: What about the shy people out there, people who who know that they should be doing more connecting or or more, you know, marketing themselves, a personal branding, but they're just very shy and they can't get themselves out of their own way. Do you have any advice for people who really need a little more push than than the next person who might be a lot more aggressive? Um. Or open. The the only thing I can say
3: to that is find other shy people. That uh, it's you know it's interesting, but Joanne's going with the power of the internet. You could you could type in shy people's anonymous, mm-hmm. and there's just a group somewhere of shy people. If, whether it's online or whether it's Skype or whether it's in person, so right, they're right. out there.
2: That's it. It's true, but you know when, I, when I'm trying to coach, you know, brand new real estate agents in in my company, and you know when they say, "How do I do this?" and I don't understand what what this is about, and how can I get my brand out there, and how can I do this, or how can I? It's always how come, how come, whatever. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And I say, just sit back and think about who you are, what you want to project out there, and just make it happen.
1: Well, that's part of it is part of, own, you know, I, I always talk about finding what your story is because that's the part that mm. engages us. You know, the more I'm listening to Chris, the more I want to know him. I think when the show's over, I have a thousand more questions <laughs> to ask him. Um, but we, most of us have trouble coming to terms with our story mm-hmm. and and owning it. Okay. Right. Once we get it, it's like, I'm going to own it and Gotta I'm going to own, own the it. bad parts too. You know, maybe you know my life. My, in whose life is completely linear? There's no such thing, right? Everything's. What is that word? I don't, I don't, think, know, what I don't know what that linear word, word is means I know. anymore. But it's it's something that was drilled into our heads. Certainly in my generation, you know, you went from here to here to here to here. Everything was very even the sales process was linear. Everything. Then. And now it's not. I don't believe in. You I'm, know, I, I'm,
3: I, I'm here to break down those doors. <laughs> so
1: um, it's so it's owning that part, and that refl- that requires self reflection, and a lot. and And an introvert is going to have a much harder time with that than someone. I'm an extrovert, and I can have trouble with self reflection, and I'm probably spend eighty percent of my day self-reflecting. But it's 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 coming to terms with that and owning that part. And then when you own it, it's easier to be in a room with other people. Mm-hmm. I, I think in I agree. my opinion.
2: I think so ownership I sometimes can be troublesome on a lot of levels. People, you know, getting older, I'm being one of them, not necessarily wanting to own, you know, my age at this particular stage because I think I still want to be 25, I still want to be 30 or 35, whatever it is. But you know, until you own something and make it your own, you know, it's really not going to work for you. Anyway, we have to take a break. You are listening to Good Morning New York on the Voice America Variety Channel. We will be right back. Don't go away.
0: Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time, the number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Dot com. That's blurealtygroup.com. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. are listening to good morning new york real estate with vince rocco if you want to call into the program we're toll free in north america at 1-866-472-5788 that's 1-866-472-5788 or send an email to v rocco at blue realtygroup.com that's v rocco at blu realtygroup.com now back to the show
2: all right, everybody, we are back with Chris and Joanne. So everything today is on demand, including this radio program. If you're not listening to it right now live around the world, wherever your time zone is, you can pull it up on demand on either my website, on Voice America's website, on any you know podcast website, whatever. On demand, is it better than being present and in the moment? See, again, I think sometimes this is my own getting older thinking on-demand is great, but what's wrong with being present and in the moment? And Chris, especially you know the way you want to connect with people and the way I just met Chris this morning. Joanne and I just met him this morning, <laughs> and he's already like one of my favorite people in the world. He just has this energy that's amazing. So I know. It's amazing. But I say that for a reason because this is present. This is in front of me. We yeah. are connecting. We're, we're, we're talking. We're doing whatever. Versus going online and figuring, oh, I want to listen to that podcast. I want to listen, I want to bring this up on-demand. Mm-hmm. What is so important about this on-demand stuff, and is it really helpful? in our world today? You, oh, Ooh, you, you answer that. To that.
1: Um, I You know, I, I, I think that, I think it is helpful. And I don't think that being on demand means that you're not being present. In fact, in some cases, the fact that you can get things on demand, you're more present when you're engaged mm-hmm. in that. You know, you use the, look at look, the, the traditional television show has what, 20 minutes of, of commercial time in it, sure. so if you're watching something live, mm-hmm. you're constantly being interrupted. So time, you're being present, manage- and then you're not present because you, you're you're t- you're distracted over here. Whereas if you've you know, DVR'd the thing and you're fast forwarding the commercials, the commercials which you are I do. completely Hello. you're completely in the moment with that show. So it's it's one it's it, it does that make sense?
3: My, it, it's time management at its most effective use. You have to compartmentalize
2: your time. Exactly.
3: And, yeah, you can choose when you want to have fun and watch the TV show.
2: All right, so you say, Joanne, it's very important to create a blueprint personal brand strategy that optimizes your digital footprint. Mm-hmm. How so?
1: Well, I think it kind of goes back to what we were saying earlier, is that, you know if you want something to do something for you have to have an objective mm-hmm. like any strategy mm-hmm. right you have to know what you mm-hmm. want to do with it and you need to get from point A to point B so but most people don't do it most people are slapping it together they're not thinking about gee you know i would like to have a new job by september of 2016 mm-hmm. well if that's what you want to do then there are ways that you're going to do that and there's ways you can optimize your online profile to help those offline moments, because that's where you're going to get hired, right? That's where the people are not going to necessarily. Well, they may hire you through a Skype interview. That is possible, I suppose. But um, so does that? That's that's you. you need a strategy.
2: It, it's all about strategy, and I think in in, in anything that we do, it's a, a plan, mm-hmm. a business plan, a strategy, a personal plan, a personal strategy. Because even on the connecting side, how are you connecting with people unless you really understand first of all what you want to put out there from your, mm-hmm. your own self and what you're really kind of seeking back. Chris, you know, clearly you are very talented. I mean, we laugh about it, but you are a very talented young man, <laughs> and your hands are in so many different things. What inspires you every day to just get up and begin anew and to start that next day? Mm-hmm. And what's on your mind every morning as you begin that next day?
3: Um, you know, we, we become the sixth person in a group of five. <clears throat> Those that we hang out with, we become i 've just been blessed to to have a, a great deal of good people around me, and it's my duty to follow them and pull my weight and i've been blessed that you know we we all go down those nonlinear paths and somewhere along the way, I figured out what i'm good at, what i 'm bad at, that influences who I keep around me and and I, you just got to show up so Who inspires me? Like When someone does the movie of my life, if they ever do, the Academy Award for Best Actor or Best Supporting Role is going to the word community. Now, I'm not saying everybody's got to go out and build community, but heck, I got a lot of cool people that I hang out with, and they're who inspires me. It's my duty to make them better and to go along the journey with them. And... I've, I've been blessed to have found like this, this 747 club, which is not a club. It's just, it's just what we do around the dinner table, but doing what we do fulfills me in ways I never dreamt possible. I mean, you want to talk about authenticity. The biggest insecurity I ever had growing up was feeling like I didn't belong. I had my toes in sports, philanthropy, education, family, friends, everything, but I never felt like I had my own grasp of who I was because I was leaning off-center. Now, you go through the full story. I got the whole story of the, the rehab, the suicide, the this, that. I've got the whole story of it. And what it led me to now was now that I have my dinner party, the people come to me for the experience, and I get to finally have my two feet solidly on the ground. So me doing my my part, walking down the street with two feet firmly planted on the ground, that's what inspires me to know that anybody else can do that, and that's what I wish upon
2: others. That, so that alone. So that's it more beyond beyond personal branding. I mean, that's more of your own. I don't care about branding. I,
3: I don't even care about branding. I just I am me. You are and, a brand. And, and, <laughs> and well, no, no, no. But but luckily, people in this world, when they find who they are, they stick to what look like my, my Papa Tony Lobianco once said, don't worry about people knowing you. Make yourself worth knowing. That's personal branding at its finest. You know, I don't care. You know, I'm like I'm like John Lautner, the great architect, and James Goldstein, the great man. We don't care about fads, facades, or fashions. We're unabashedly and unafraid to be who we are, and those who don't like it, cool. That's your prerogative. That's it. You must win by being true to
2: yourself. You have to win that battle first, and then you can inspire others. You know, many, many years ago when I was in college, and I practiced or try to continue to practice this every day of my life. That's awesome, by the way. <laughs> you know, an old professor said, you know, make sure as you're trying to pr- – and the personal branding and all these wonderful mm-hmm. terms connecting really weren't, you know, part of the 70s lingo. But he always used to say to us in class, make sure if you want to stand out in a crowd, if you want to be somebody, first be, be somebody. Mm. Have your feet planted firmly on the ground. Know who you are. But more importantly, don't be arrogant about it. When you walk into a room, you want to have everybody in that room know that you just walked in. Even if their back is to the door and they don't see you, just have everybody in that room feel your presence and know that you're in that room. And I have to tell you something. I have practiced that my entire life, and it does work.
1: Everyone I, knows when you're in the room, Vince. <laughs> <laughs>
2: no, no but, I say know, but, that in support of what mm-hmm. Chris just said no, because mm-hmm. it's so true. If you know yourself or if you're comfortable with yourself and you have you know, the confidence, I think, more than anything else, even in branding, you've got to be confident about you, that will – Come out, and people will know who you are. And people, as you said before, Chris, people, you, know, you, you, you surround yourself with the people that make you happy or that you want to be around. Yeah. It's the same thing. So I have found this through my life as well. I, I, I still wish I could do it as good as him. But, <laughs> but people want to be around for certain reasons, and I think it's because of how you position yourself with them, and I think that's so important in business, it, it, in real estate, whatever you're doing. Whatever
1: you do, it's bringing your true se- self to the table. Oh, yeah. And you know, the the term personal brand is relatively new. Correct. Tom Peters was the one who coined it in 1997 in an article on Fast Company, and people only recently started uh-huh. to, to put their head around it. But to me, I, I've been working on my personal brand. My whole life. My whole life. I yeah. just uh-huh. didn't know I was doing it. Yeah. It was building my reputation. You know what people were saying about me when I left the room, uh-huh. not just when I came in, but what they're saying about me when I left. Uh-huh. How how I dealt with my clients. That all that stuff became part of my personal brand. And then you throw little things in, like fun, because you know clearly I like well, fun it, too. It's life but, experiences but it's, that you. But now we just have a term it. around it. We have <clears> a term around it, and again, because that's because of this digital aspect of things. Because now we have this place where there could be breadcrumbs that can follow us across mm-hmm. the globe. And if I go to your dinner party, I may say something and someone may like it or not like it, and that may be the end of it unless someone's taking pictures. But No one does. No one, no one's allowed. So that's great. But um, now if I do that and I do that online, that can wind up in Australia. Yeah. Right? And it could help or not help. So, so you, that's why you need to think about it a little bit differently when you're looking at the digital aspect of it but the same. Does that make sense? It does so
2: much. It it absolutely does. So Chris, let me ask you something. So, you know, you're involved in philanthropy, theater, marketing, 747, uh, supper club. Um, But what is your, your profession? I mean, you're, you're, you seem to have all of these wonderful things going on, but what do you do more every day than not as a job? Mm -hmm. As a job is the, the, I'm taking the
3: time to make sure that, that, I can touch as many people as possible with my 747 club. We're taking the time every day to make sure my job, I don't care about jobs. Who, who, who wants a job? I, I'm going I'm to re-answer that question. <laughs> my job is to be my true and authentic self as often as possible to broadcast that message to let other people out there know you can be who you are and you're not alone. That's my job. That's the only thing I care about. Now I've got, a, I've got a groups of people and, and, and products and, and companies that come with me, but that's not my job. My job is to be me and hope that that somehow inspires others to want to be them.
2: That's the only job I care about. And it is. It is. It's a full time job. That's a full time. It's a full time job. job. That's a full time <laughs> job. That's pretty awesome, Joanne. Let's let's talk about how you tell your own story. as a storyteller. What is the advice that you would give to people creating a personal brand that would resonate out there? So n- now, now you. You create one successfully, whatever that is. And sometimes it takes a lifetime. In my case, I think it has. But how do you then get it out there and make sure that people are identifying with that, connecting with that, as Mm -hmm. as Chris, you know, says?
1: Well, again, I think it goes exactly back to what Chris was saying, is that you be authentic. You don't put your story out there necessarily, oh, I want this person to react like that. You're looking for the people that are going to connect with you. Because you're not going to connect with everybody. So you – and you have to. You, you, you spent. Re, I spent most of my career in sales. You did Vince. You, you know. You kind of had that thing going on. It's. It's <laughs> about. It, that's always been about storytelling. I know, I don't think I ever sold anyone anything. I think I told them a story that convinced uh-huh. them to do something.
2: I certainly did. So it's. It's.
1: You know. It's. <laughs> it's. It's that, that. The thinking on your feet, but also, just being your authentic self. And not thinking, I want to be, you know, I was raised that I, you want to be like this. Mm-hmm. And if I'm like this, then that person's going to like me or that person's going to hire me. And I spent a lot of years in an industry where I had to pretend that I was a certain way and couldn't always be my 100% authentic self. That, that world has shifted.
3: At that world has shifted. shifted. Actually, going back to real estate, the, you know, the greatest thing I, I watched my father do on a daily basis in real estate growing up was the power of visualization. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very you, much so. You know, you have to tell a story and paint a picture to sell a home. That's it. And and nowadays, or uh, well, at least millennials, but a lot of people react to the FOMO, right? The fear of missing out. Mm-hmm. And that's what social media has given us. And so in the real estate industry, you have to create a sense of FOMO at every property that you sell. And so now Niall and I are bringing the supper club around to all these different properties in Manhattan, videoing it, having this great supper club, this great festive occasion, and that's part of the marketing of a premier property is you want really to you, you show them Brilliant. having a grand old time. And what better way than to have a darn supper club with
2: a drone and the fancy <laughs> this and the video this? We're having a fun time doing it. Everybody needs it. Yeah, and I and I bet it's it's memorable. I, and I'm we have to go to break, but when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about being memorable. And I think in our lifetimes, we want to make a statement and we want to leave, mm-hmm. you know, memories every day or yeah. every week or every whatever. So let's go to break. We will be back in a few seconds. You're listening to Good Morning New York on the Voice America Variety Channel.
0: You are listening to Good Morning New York, Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to vrocco at bluerealtygroup.com. That's vrocco at Group.com. Now, back to the show. All right, everybody, we are back with Joanne Tombronkas and
2: Chris Shembra. All right, let me ask a question about social media because sometimes I think, and one of you or maybe both of you said earlier in the program, that it can be uh, misused or overused. I sometimes look at it as um, people's 15 minutes of fame you know uh-huh. for whatever reason you know mm-hmm. they 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 aren't necessarily successful or maybe they are maybe they aspire to be something that they didn't become and i think some people not all use social media and you know whatever medium it is but they use it in in ways sometimes that they shouldn't mm-hmm. so what do you think about the 15 minutes of fame syndrome potentially or is it i mean is it just my imagination
1: i think um I think there are definitely misuses of social media. There's no two ways about it. And I personally can misuse it by ha- not having a good day and starting to scroll through my Facebook feed and wondering why everyone else seems to be having this fantastic life <laughs> and mine isn't so great today. So, um, But there there is that perception. People put, put themselves out there, A, as they think they want to be. Sometimes people share too much information, in yes. my humble little opinion. Yes. I'm all about being authentic, but I don't think everyone realizes – that the stuff that you put out there is never going oh, yeah. away. Oh yeah, you know, e- just because you hit the delete button doesn't mean that some really, really bright IT guy can dig that thing up, and you spend a lot of Which years. Which they ahead. literally can. Which <laughs> they can. So there's not. So I, I think that, and I think that sharing in a group is one thing, but I just think there's parameters around that, and I don't think everyone puts a lot of thought into that. So, it, and, and, and I'm not sure I'm really answering this for you, but.
2: No, I I get it because I think sometimes I, I do the same thing. I look through the news feed and think, oh wow, somebody's having a really great mm-hmm. something going on and I'm like, oh, my day was just okay, or maybe I have something that I'm really proud of that I want to get out there. Let me ask a follow-on question to the the that is how do you determine for yourself what social media is best for you or best Used for you? Is it Facebook? Is it Instagram? Is it Snapchat? Is it, you know, um, whatever? I mean, LinkedIn obviously for Mm -hmm. business. But what? Should we be using all of it, or should we be using selective one or two or three, maybe? I'm (laughs) only I'm only
3: on Facebook, Instagram, and sometimes Snapchat. Snapchat's great because I do eighty different things in a day, and so Snapchat you can just upload little eight second snippets of the different things you do throughout the day. Um, but i don't use twitter i you know i i don't, I, I don't have is. much to say and so twitter is not my avenue i just i just post actual factual things of what's going on they're captured with a picture that's it i
1: Boom. think yeah i think it depends on what you want to do it depends on what you want to do. Snapchat is great for engagement. It's perfect for somebody like you, and that's one of the things that's so terrific and why Snapchat has been growing so much. So, it really, depends. You can't be on every network though. No, it's always, I always use the analogy like if if you're a, a brand and you're going to go put a buy on TV, are you going to put it on every single show and every single? Of course you're not. You're going to look. the time. You're going to look right. for things. I happen to like Twitter because I think it's a great place for research as well, and I always advise people to use it because I also think it's a great place to research and to influence. Um, But it depends on what you want to do. If you're a fashion brand, you got to be on Instagram. Can't even think about not being there because it's so it's it's gonna it's gonna get you so much so much return.
2: Do you know what I find interesting? This this particular year, this election year, that uh, and I'm never one for religious posts or or or, uh, political posts on Facebook or anything anywhere. But I've noticed that this year, really, no one is posting anything political on Facebook. I use that more than anything else, and it's kind of interesting to me because I think this is one of the most dilapidated, ridiculous election campaigns ever and everybody's just kind of refraining from making comments which I'm happy about because I, I for one <laughs> I, I mean I just want to sometimes stand up mm-hmm. and scream and and type and, and get something out there but I, I I think better of it and I don't but it's interesting because social media is so big today and everybody always has so much to say but in this particular campaign and who knows uh, seeing a, a, we have a lot a few more months to go to see where we really end up and and if the the posts start coming out Actually, both of you are bloggers, and so I want to ask you about that. Do you find this cathartic or necessarily necessary in your continuing your brand and your and your connecting with people and, and all of the good things? You're both enormously successful individuals uh, in different you know eras and stuff. But is blogging cathartic or is it really something that you feel is necessary to keep your brand out there? Do
1: you want to go first? Do you want me to go first?
2: Um,
3: I do it less to keep my brand out there, I do it more to give other people an avenue to share their voice. So, you know, we're we're creating community of like-minded individuals. If they have something to say, they might as well uh, have an avenue to to write something and then I'll post it for them. So, to me that's that's all my blog is. Actually, I wouldn't consider myself a blogger. My, I think
2: my supper club has a blog. <laughs> <But>. <laughs> well written, well well written. Thank I, you. I read a few of them. Jen, Joanne, you've been blogging forever. I think. Uh, yeah, blogging, when
1: they- blogging. When I um, left the corporate world in two thousand and eight, mm-hmm. that was the, I wasn't sure what I was going to do next, and that was the first thing I did. It was kind of my home home grounding. So for me, it's both. Um, Yes, it helps my business because if someone wants to hire me or wants to work with me, they really get an idea of how I think because I speak, I write the way I speak. But it's also cathartic for me because beyond everything else that I do, beyond the, the consulting and the teaching, Um, I'm a writer. I have no voice right now. I just lost my voice on that. But I am a writer. So for me, it's really necessary for Mm -hmm. me to breathe. It's how I get my thoughts straight. It's how I organize my life. I read recently, someone said, um, I write because I can get to say the things that I wouldn't say necessarily say out loud and I thought oh yeah I think that's how it started it so for me it's both it's both but again I, because at my essence I am a writer
2: I think that's where I was getting at with the with the posting or the the 15 minutes of fame I think sometimes people mm-hmm. you know hide behind social media hide mm-hmm. behind emails hide behind a lot uh-huh. of things and and they say things in a public forum that they wouldn't necessarily say to you or you or anybody in person or face to face, so it's kind of like a, a hiding, hiding kind of uh, personality. But it's interesting to watch how um, how people really, you know, go through social media in a given day. Some days I'm completely, uh, you know, amazed, and some days I'm completely like, "Wow, you know, what is that about?"
3: There, uh, <laughs> I had a great, I had a great uh, uh, late Friday night. So, fr- <laughs> this past Friday night after my uh, Easter Seals gala. I, uh, I was scheduled to go to uh, one of my assistants' graduation parties. Or well, not graduation parties, but it was their last week of, of finals at NYU, and she was hosting a, a young person's gathering in the East Village. And so I grabbed three of my friends in their tuxedos that we just got out of the gala, and we went down to the East Village to this college party. And we walked in. And we were having a, a great time, and I looked over, and the kids were playing games with each other without their cell phones. And that was the greatest thing I'd ever seen because— That's a sight. Mm-hmm. That's, that's hope. Yeah. And the fact is— I mean, the fact is, look, the three of us are sitting around during the break saying this generational gap between, you know, the— well. You guys and me. Uh, that, you can say it. The baby boomers and the millennials. That's but okay. That's hope. Millennials absolutely are actually phenomenal people, and we we're, were the ones that are going to lead us into this analog revolution. The millennials are because we've seen I agree. the effects. I agree. I mean, we're 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 waking up with ancient wisdom of yoga and meditation. We're 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 the hope. That's it.
2: You know, I've said for years that, you know, if I had to do it all over again, I would do it, you know, in my era. Because I think, uh, and Joanne, I know you can share this with me, that we we've come through, <laughs> you know, the sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties, whatever, when we had no technology and or the start of technology and and, and just all the, the, the people who were in our lives, the yeah. entertaining type mm-hmm. people. So I would I, I always say if I had to come back and do it again, I would want to do it at that stage and mm. be the same age. However, with that said, I agree with what Chris just said in that I firmly believe that the millennials right now in our lifetime are going to be our future and I uh-huh. think probably the best bunch of people for our future than than anybody else and mm-hmm. anybody who came between our generation Wh- and the millennials. Wh- I think you guys came into this world at the right time with all of the tools mm-hmm. from a social media perspective, uh-huh. from a just a, a life perspective. And you're all smart. I mean, a lot of these like, you guys are, are smart. smart and talented. So I think with all of that combined, I feel good about the future, even when I'm not going to be around any longer, that you guys carry on and and, and do wonderful things. I see it uh, in so many people because a lot of my customers are millennials, and, and they're starting out mm-hmm. life buying apartments and renting apartments in New York City for the first time. It's very interesting. It's very interesting to see, and I want to see the progression as we go forward. We have only a couple of minutes left, and I want to just go back to two words, to two thoughts that we we talked about mostly, being authentic and being your authentic self and showing up in life, Chris. You said that before. Show up in life so your li- you can have a life or so that mm-hmm. you can share that life with somebody, that you can connect your life with somebody else because I think at the end of the day, that's really what makes us tick every day. I like feeding off of people. I like being with people. I like sharing with people. I like connecting with people. And Chris taught me a new word today. I, old school networking, networking. I'm going to a networking event or I've got to do more networking and I'm talking to a bunch of people. And the only way you're going to be successful is to network. And he uses the word connect mm-hmm, and connector. Mm-hmm. Tell me why you prefer that word over networking. I agree with you 100%, and that's my new word.
1: Yeah. I but, it's, Explain.
2: It's, uh, well,
3: there's something called the connection economy. Mm-hmm. You know, my, my friend Michael Roderick has something called the Connector Con. It's a conference connecting connectors. And the idea is if you have 10 people around you in a room, I don't want to go direct to consumer. 10 people is the end of the line. I want to go to 10 connectors because then they take you mm-hmm. to 10 of them. You know, it's called the strength of weak ties. You're more apt to connect to acquaintances. You're you're more Mm. apt to do something for a weak tie than you are for your best friend. And so if you spend your life connecting to connectors, they fulfill your product or your persona times 10. It's the 10X. You know, everybody wants 10X growth, 10X sales. Well, I want 10X people.
2: Absolutely. Connecting. Unfortunately, we have to end on that note. This is Good Morning New York for the week. Thanks for joining us. You can catch the show anytime on podcast or on our website, voiceamerica.com, or on our my website, VinceRocco.com. Thanks to Joanne Tambrakis. Thanks to Chris Shembra. For all of us at Voice America all around the world, thanks for joining us, and we will see you next time. Goodbye, everybody.